you are still standing, let's take our scripture reading this morning from the book of Matthew 5 verses 15 to 20. Um, we're using the New King James Version as a preferred choice of the Bible reading this morning. The Lord give you strength as you remain standing in the name of Jesus. Take every line, every word and instruction from the Lord this morning. Now, I read. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from the thumb bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bad fruit. Even a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Not everyone wishes to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 20 is actually the last verse that we ought to stay on. Whilst you read that scripture, I have no doubt for Bible scholars in our midst, you will have been able to adduce certain meaning and interpretations because it's actually a very familiar verse of the scripture. And so this morning, we're going to go into that dimension of reasoning together. And before we do that, let's just bow our hearts in the place of prayer. Jesus, you are the life of everything. You are the word personified. Nothing will ever be created, can be created without your approval. I submit my faculty, my tongue, and my entirety to you that you make my tongue like the pen of a red writer. That you speak through my mind and communicate your intention and purpose to your children. That someone listening to the sound of my voice this morning would be the voice that you have spoken and not the voice of a stranger. I pray for healing in somebody's body this morning. I pray for deliverance in someone's soul. I pray for quick intervention on that urgent matter in the name of Jesus. We pray that this service will be a testimony-filled service. We ask that the mandate of transformation upon this commission will be evident in the life of everyone in the name of Jesus. Thank you because already we are blessed by you. And your name alone be glorified. And the people of God say, convincing amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. If you have a good seat, we have about 30, 40 minutes thereabouts to take a dive into what God has in stock for us this morning. And so, my desire would be to that you do everything within your power to eliminate every form of distraction, uh, that you submit totally to the moment of 40 minutes that God has something to say to you. You should work with the revelation or the understanding that this service is not a gala night, it's not a naming ceremony, it's not a wedding reception, it's an encounter with God. Because until God attends to you, everything will remain static. We need God. In fact, to be seated here this morning is a clear indication that you need God. And then if you actually came to meet with him, that you would not allow your neighbor's makeup or perfume to distract you. You will stay totally focused on what heaven is saying to us this morning. 
And my prayer is that every utterance from heaven will be an instrument of transformation in our lives in the name of Jesus. And I'm aware that some people are joining us perhaps for the first time in this service or in this meeting or in this ministry. Our mandate is very clear. Our instruction and vision is very clear. And it's to produce a life that is transforming in order of Christ. Paul said, I pray that Christ be formed in you. So every day we approach him, we have the formation of Christ at work in us. This is not how I came to Grace Assembly. And in the past few years, my life has been transformed. So transformed enough that you can literally tell from my dressing that I have changed. I didn't even know it. Someone noticed it and told me that you're beginning to look like your senior shepherd. I said, what else do you expect? He worked with 12 disciples for so much that they could not differentiate who was Jesus amongst them. I was more of a stammerer when I walked in, but going through the train of Jesus Academy, discipleship, ministry class, the pastoral class, now in the place of grace and privilege, I speak like someone that is making sense. Amen. Meaning the mandate of transformation is at work in my life. That is all we do here every Sunday, Wednesday, and every occasion that we demand that we come together. And I know somebody's life is already getting transformed. Some of you enter this church as a single man. Now you're married with children all over you. You entered here without a car. Now you have cars you're mentioning. You entered here as an unbeliever. Now you're changed. Transformation is at work. And so this service is about transformation. Now if this is your first time here, it's important that we incorporate you into the flow of things. Lest we lose you along the line. By the special grace of God, the mandate and the vision for the year started off with our senior pastor, the shepherd over this house, instructing us clearly that what God plans to do this year is that he wants to remain our Jehovah Rui, an opportunity for him to lead us to the place of being blessed, true or false. Now, so the ultimate proof that we are enjoying this leading will be evident in the blessings around us. Now, if your counting is correct, today is the second sun, the last Sunday in the month of February, and in the next couple of days or week, we'll be almost close to the first quarter of the year. Am I correct here? Therefore, I cannot see the leading by physical view, but I can prove the leading by the fruit of blessings. Now, you don't want to get to December and the apprehension of the end of the year start to catch up with you, and then you start to flip your thought back saying, but they said this year was a year of balance. A year of 2020. A year of But I can almost see anything to show for it. You don't want to get there before you begin to retrospect. You want to reappraise and take a stock of the journey every day. Knowing that you are in total alignment with the instruction. Because if you stay with the instruction. The benefit is inevitable. He said if you are willing and obedient. By default you would enjoy so consistent re-examination that we are in consonance in alignment with the instruction of Jehovah Royi is what we then eventually translate into the blessing now let me be honest with us if a man is not blessed frustration is his total envelope and of course blessing is in the diversified expressions there is blessing of the spirit there is blessing of the soul and there is blessing of the body the totality of that package is what is in our redemption and God is saying, for me to deliver that to you, I have to be Jehovah Rohi. And then for simplicity of common sense, Jehovah Rohi is a very complex Hebrew word. Who have seen that in the dictionary? Check open your, your Oxford dictionary and try and look for Rohi. 
or look for Jehovah. You probably will find it, but perhaps give it an Hebrew interpretation. So for simplicity of relatability, it brought the image of Jehovah Roy to say, what I'm simply saying is that allow me to be the shepherd whilst you will become what? The sheep. Meaning, if I am going to be the constant called the shepherd, you must also align yourself as what? The sheep. Now, so let us look at it from this point of view. What if you refuse to become a sheep, you stayed a goat? You would only complicate the responsibility of the shepherd. And so, for the past couple of Sundays, all the way from 1st of January, the man of God was very clear with instruction to the pastor. He said, I need all of you who will be given the responsibility to deliver my word here on my behalf, that you stay with that teaching. I don't know if you can remember. If I were likely going to continue this teaching up until when? The month of March. Until we fully apprehend him as Jehovah Rohi, and until you become the full sheep, the blessing cannot be aligned. And I'm aware that on last Sunday, the man of God, Pastor Tefia, brought the message that titled, My Shepherd, My Everything. My Shepherd, my everything. So if you're seated in this auditorium and you are not a sheep yet, which simply means you have not given your life to Christ. Meaning by definition of description, you are perhaps still a goat. And the most dominant quality of a goat is not for lack of meat in the body. The most dominant quality of a goat is natural tendency to be what? Stubborn. So, if you are seated here and your heart is so very stony, very difficult, you are just one person that nothing moves you, you move everything. Then we say to you this morning, if the blessing is the destination, the process of becoming a sheep is expected. You can't remain the status of a goat. In your stubborn, hedgy, no obeying, not obeying everybody, just doing things the way you feel like, then there will be a problem for Jehovah Rui to lead you. So I would advise, if you are seated in this auditorium this morning and you are not born again yet, the recommendation is very simple. For the fact that you are even seated there is an indication, an indication that you love God. You desire God in your life. It's a good time to give your life to Christ. Colossians chapter 1, I believe from verse 3. He said we are translated from the kingdom of darkness. There is a kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. But those of us seated here, we have been translated. And then, by default, we can categorically call ourselves sheep. How many sheep do we have in the house this morning? How many sheep do we have in the house this morning? What is the most dominant characteristic or trait or quality of a sheep? Obedience. Now, some of us who live in Lagos, for the reason of geographical situation, we might not have seen a sheep before. Yeah, it's possible to live. be in Lagos and never set your, set your eyes on snake. You might not have seen sheep before. But to those who came from a place like I came from, which is Idore, you will see sheep. In Idore, you will see sheep. And truly, trust me, those sheep, if you see them physically, they are totally different from a goat. Jehovah Roi is the shepherd, and you should be the sheep. Why? Because until you are the sheep, it will not be able to lead you in the green pastures. Until you are the sheep, he will not be able to take you 
to the still water. Now that simply means if anything is going wrong currently in your life, don't be quick to point to Jehovah Roy as the problem. Ask yourself, am I demonstrating the qualities and characteristics of a sheep? Let us look at it. Think about it. You can't continue, continue to do it your own way, contrary to the instruction of the shepherd. I'm expect to get the blessing at the end of the day. You can't. Now, now let me. I'm, I'm not going to burden you with so much sense of guilt, but let's tell ourselves some good truth here. If the shepherd told you, "Come for three hours prayer," the shepherd told you the sheep, and you know that for every instruction from God. You are the ultimate beneficiary. God has nothing to benefit. So he said, come, come for three hours. In three hours, I'm going to lead you in prayers. And then you claim to be a sheep who has a desire to enjoy the blessings and the comfort and affliction-free life. Brethren, what is the common sense expectation for you? Is to show up now. If the shepherd said, told you, come for worship, no, until we bring the obedience situation to a real test and discussion. We can almost begin to make God feel like a liar. God is not complicated. It's just that he's very sensitive to instruction. Everything about God comes with instructions. And every obedience to the instruction, you are the ultimate beneficiary. Check your heart as I speak. Am I much of a sheep or a goat? And if you're listening to me, the transition I so desire, which is the mandate of this house, which is transformation, is that start to take a journey to become what? A sheep. My focus this morning, like of course you observe that I've not even brought up the slide. My focus this morning is that we want to speak to ourselves as sheep. What are those things in us that we are yet struggling with that is not allowing the fullness of God's blessing to manifest in our life, even though we are sheep. And in the place of study and prayer and inquiry from God, the Lord started to explain certain things to me. He said, are you aware? Now you pay attention. Don't lose me here. Don't lose me, please. I beg you. Are you aware, son, that for everything that you would ever set your eyes on earth and that is going on on earth that is happening, everything originated from a thought. True or false? Everything, the creation of man, started with thinking he just gathered his colleague holy ghost jesus and the three of them came together and they said to themselves i think it's a great idea if we create a man in our image meaning the source and the origin of every physical expression starts with what the thoughts as i'm speaking right now the next action of your life it's already been determined by the seed of your thoughts. So, our action is just a literal expression of what we are thinking. Remember the scripture in the book of Proverbs 23 verse 7? He said it very profoundly. As a man thinketh, so he would be. So, I can predict the outcome of your life not by your thoughts, not by your action, but by your thoughts. I don't know what you are thinking, but I can tell you what you are thinking from your actions. What is the correlation between this and the oppression of God? Now, we have been teaching how to hear God. You would observe that the conversation or the narrative is not about is God speaking. The real subject is hearing him. 
Nobody has a debate or a problem. Asking, does God speak? Is God speaking? God is speaking. The real issue is that why are we not hearing? And the answer is that simple. We are not listening. Very simple answer. Because as I speak, somebody is with the assumption that he's listening. But his mind can be somewhere else. We're not listening. Now, you are not listening not because you opinion. This thing is not here. Because listening is not about the size of this thing. Listening is about what goes straight into your heart. God is speaking. We are not listening. Because our heart is somewhere else. And nothing would happen until your thought pattern aligns with the thoughts of God. Remember that scripture in your popular Jeremiah 28, 29, 11? He said the thought. The thought. So if God thinks and he created you in your image, meaning you are also thinking. And the thought of God is what we consider to be the creation of man. Everything that will be created starts with a thought. In a moment, as I speak, reflects on the quality and the content. They said the thought of a man determines his capacity and the content determines the outcome. The size of your life is a function of the capacity of your heart and the content of your thoughts. God. Now, I heard this and I heard it very loud and clear. He said, son, are you aware I cannot do anything outside the capacity of your reasoning? What you are afraid of is my limitation. I am as limited to the extent of your thinking power. Our senior pastor showed up about two, two Sundays ago and he gave an illustration and he just left it there and left. He said, God told Abraham, Abraham, come here. I have promised you the nations of the earth as a blessing. But you see, I am as limited to the extent in which you can see. I am God that is infinite in nature. I am God that everything is possible with me. But my impossibility is confined to the strength of your thoughts. If you say it is possible, then it is possible. If you say it is impossible, so it is impossible. That's why I told you that my name is I am that I am. To those that think it is impossible, it is possible. To those that say it's impossible, then it's impossible. I am that I am. Call me whatever you think I am. I am capability in everything. And so he called Abraham. I'm going to bless you. But this is only one thing I need you to do. As far as your eye. And of course you know that he's not referring to literal eyeballs. He's talking about the stretch of your imagination. If you can imagine it, Abraham. I will give you everything. Now listen to the story before then. Before he called Abraham, there was one man with him. What's the name of the man? What? Lot. Now, in the literal meaning, Lot means a lot. No, no, it's not luggage, though. There is a difference between contentment and complacency. You know contentment? Complacency. When you have lots, meaning a lot of things, the tendency is there to be contented. Now, contentment is not the same as complacency. Complacency is your inability to continue to desire more within the resources that are still available. You are gradually entering complacency. He had lots. Lot was enough. But God said, I am not about the lot. I am not a God of limitation. Take away the, what you consider to be the lot. Like one of the Sundays that um, Grandma B stood up here. Now, believe me. Sincerely trust me here, And I'm not joking. Where this facility we are seated in is the ultimate dream of some people. And Grandma B stood here and said, this is just like lots. It is not a full expression of what God has in mind. God has 
far way beyond. But it will only be defined by as how far you can see. Now let me ask a question. What is the enemy of imagination? So I'm coming there now. Now listen to this good truth. A man that is not born again has two kinds of thoughts. The first one is evil thoughts. A man that is not born again is a very dangerous person to keep as company. They don't think before they execute their ambition. They have no consideration for how you feel before they... Because a non-believer is a sin. He's not a sinner. A non-believer is a sin. He's not a sinner. When a non-believer sin, God is not surprised. Because that is his original. If he does anything contrary to that nature, something is fundamentally wrong. The same way that when you sin that you claim to be redeemed, God is shocked. You, when you sin, you are a sinner. Because your original nature, for instance, the devil is not a liar. The devil is lie. You understand what I'm saying here? You know the difference? When you say someone is a liar, means occasionally he has tendency to say the truth. But when you say someone is lie, as in the entire configuration and, more, and his physiological makeup, is that anything that comes out of him is lie. So when the devil says good morning, you should really look at where. Because he can't say anything truthful. A non-believer is an embodiment of evil. Believe me, a non-believer will wake up and kill his own mom. A Christian will not come for church, he will be feeling guilty, true or false. Because the blood of Jesus redeemed your soul and conscience. A non-believer has no conscience. If you are very familiar with the social media, all the manner of horror going on out there, it will take someone that has never met with God to commit those things. So an unbeliever has two kinds of thoughts. The first one is what? Evil thought. Now bring up my slide and I want you to read something very quickly. I want you to read something. Bring up my slide now. So that we can establish the fact that an unbeliever has evil thought. Mark 11, Mark chapter 7 verse 14 to 23. Let's read it quickly. Mark chapter 7. That is the message today. Faith filled thoughts. Faith-filled thoughts. But let's go to Mark 7, 14 to 23. Can you please bring it up for me? Mark 7. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside. Please pay attention. You're in church. You're in church. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can what defy him but the things which come what out of him those are the things that what defile him and you know when you say things that come out of him you know what he's referring to and in case you don't know let's read on if anyone has what hears let him hear what Jehovah is saying when he had entered the house away from the crowd when he was making that conversation, it was with what? All manner of people. His disciples now asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter what? His heart. But his what? Stomach. Some have some very funny argument on this subject, but that's not my focus here. And this eliminated... Thus, purifying all food, meaning if you eat Eba, you deliver Eba. Eba eating does not defile you. That's probably what he's saying, literally. Now, and he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Let's go on. 
For from within, out of the art of men, out of where? The art of men proceed what? Now pay attention, please pause here. What you observe, the original version of the Bible is not proceed evil thoughts, comma. No, what he said is that from proceed evil thoughts, semicolon. Meaning the content of evil thoughts are number one, adulteries. Number two, fornication. Number three, murders. Theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from where? Within and defile a man. The man is referring to there are people that are not saved yet. So an unbeliever that you think is your business associate has the capability of proclivity to demonstrate any of these vices. Trust me. So an unbeliever has two acts. Number one, evil thoughts. Number three, number two rather, has a good heart. There are some unbelievers you call them moralists. Anybody hear that word? In our kingdom, we don't call them moralists. We call them men of weak conscience. Men that are naive or ignorant. Good. Uh, is a good man. You know, for the fact that he's good does not imply that he's godly. But when it is godly, it can be good. Now, let us now flip to the kingdom. What kind of heart do we have? Those of us that are born again, we don't have tendencies to show all of these vices. No, we don't. Now, if anybody finds himself guilty of all the lists, right now you are even feeling guilty. Those who are originally that way, they don't feel guilty. Now, you that you are a believer, you also need an art because the original purpose of the art is to think. The thought of the man defines his action. Every thought is a seed for an action. What kind of heart do we have? The heart of a believer that is affecting the flow of blessing is called negative heart. Now, negative heart is not the same as evil heart. Do you agree with me? Think about it. In a moment, process it. Negative heart is not the same as evil heart. For example, let's give a good example here. Some people have a negative notion about Nigeria. They cannot make it. Therefore, the only way out is to get out. True or false? Is that evil? It's not evil though. Some people believe this country can never be okay. But we know that in this same country, some people are making it. Now, let's give an example of that negative. Some people, as they are seated here, as they are seated here, they are currently taking some drugs on high blood pressure. And in their mind, they are saying, Is that an evil act? No, it's negative. This headache, I hope this headache will not kill me one day. What are you saying? It's negative. As you are talking, you are looking at yourself. And you are saying, What is that? Negative. Are you a believer? Yes! And everybody sitting here this morning, you are dealing with one negative thought or the other. Everybody, all of us including. Because every limitation, the limitation started from your thoughts. And the thought was birthed by a negative thought. Example. Let's give example of a man who had a negative thought. Job chapter 21. Let's read it very quickly. Job chapter 21. Example of a man who had a negative thought. So it's clear for everybody to see what a negative thought looks like from scripture. Job 21. Let's read it very quickly. Job 21. 
Alright, then Job answered and said, let's read from verse 1. From verse 1. Listen carefully to my speech. <laughs> we all know the story and the background of Job. Now you know that Job is not, by every definition, was not an unbeliever. True or false? As a matter of fact, they said he was the most righteous man in the whole of the East. So the voice of this person talking was the voice of a, in our modern day, would have been called to be a saint. Listen carefully to my speech and let this be your consolation. Bear with me that I may speak and after I have spoken, keep mocking. <laughs> As for me, is my complaint against man? He said, no, the answer is no. If it is, if it is, if it were, why should I not be impatient? Now, please, this is a believer talking. This is the thought of a Christian, a sound, sound Job. Powerful man of God. Look at me and be astonished. Put your hand over your mouth. Can we go on, please? Verse 6, please. Even when I remember, I am terrified and trembling and takes hold of my flesh. Why do the wicked, now this is where the negative touch started for most believers, why do the wicked leave? Let me ask now. Has anybody ever had this kind of thought before? With all my so-called born again, you are just in Jeremy. In fact, if you ever been, been with most believers who talk, say, if not that I'm born again, I would have been more successful than this. Ah, uh -huh. Now, they will not give you another illustration. When I was on campus, that girl was an aristo. Today he's married. Look at me, I'm not married. You have started, though. You have started. Your uncle Job also spoke like that. Why do the wicked live and become old? Yes, become mighty in power. Uncle Job, with all my righteousness and obeying God, I'm going to church, I'm a worker, yet my life is standstill. You are not the first in history to talk like that. Your uncle Job, he spoke like that. He said, in fact, he went I don't understand how Job got all their profile. He took time to study unbeliever. I mean, the man that should be studying scripture. He was busy studying the life of an unbeliever. We are all laughing. Some of us, one of the reasons why you didn't come for church at that time is that you think it was waste. You have sat God for 10 years, you have nothing to show for it. Believe me, your uncle Job, who should have been studying Bible, was he took his I don't know the unbeliever he, he took as a profile. He probably profiled um, maybe Elimas. He said their descendants are he went as far as studying their descendants. Their descendants are established with them in their sight. Meaning that meaning his own descendants is not in the sight. With them in their sight and their offspring before their eyes. Can we go, please? Their houses are safe. How did he know? Did he go there? Their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. How did he know? Their bull breeze without failure. Their cows without miscarriage. We are saying her. Your thoughts as you have at one point pointed at God. God, why me? Have you forgotten me? What is all this? And God will be wondering, ah, I'm, I'm not responsible for your issue. When the Lord appeared to Mary, let's pause in a moment. He said to Mary, Mary, you will give birth by a virgin. Mary looked at him and said, I'm not being a day, don't say that. At that instant, God had to quickly intervene and say, To them that believe it, that shall be what? A performance. So nothing will be performed until there's a believing heart. Job spoke like most people. Now, don't let me bore you with the entire story. This is the Bible story. Don't read it. So, the next time you are looking at God, God, why me? I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I don't have a yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remember you have seen the picture of your mentor, Uncle Job. And you know the truth? For every time you make that complaint, God moves back. 
For every time you make that complaint, God moves back. For every time you make that complaint, God moves back. After a while, you will not hear God, God again. You'll be hearing echo. In fact, after hearing the echo, you'll be hearing other voices. Because the next voice we hear will be the story we read in the book of Matthew. He said, the first prophet will come. Till date, some people's destiny have been shattered with the voice of a first prophet. Ah, the wife that you have been living with for 10 years, all of a sudden, because things are rough for you, has become a witch. You don't know, it can be amazing now, all of a sudden, you start to suspect your even wife, suspect your, your child, suspect your uncle, even some can even suspect their pastor. Ah, it's my pastor that is doing you. No. No, nobody is doing you. Your thought is creating your results. Pay attention here. Now, honestly speaking, honestly speaking, Philemon chapter 6. Philemon is one chapter, verse 6. He said, to Paul was talking to them there. He said, without your mind, I can't do anything. To the extent of the capacity of your thinking is the quality of my expression. We heard the story of a man who was in a church like this and the pastor said to him, God can raise the dead. God can raise the dead. God can raise the dead. And the man got up during the service. After the service, went to meet the pastor. Pastor, is it true that God can raise the dead? He said, Pastor said, yes. He said, Pastor, Pastor, have you raised one before? Pastor said, not yet. Okay, now listen. The man got up, went the whole city, looking for what? The dead. Now, what galvanized his mind to believe it to such extent it's what God needs in you this morning to let him express himself in your life. And do you know the truth? The man found the dead. Did the man raise the dead? Yes, he raised the dead. Your limitation is your fear. Your fear is originated from your thoughts. You are too careful for what God wants to do. You are too careful for what God wants to do. You are too calculative for God. You are too logical for God. Your uncle again. Your uncle in Psalm 73. Your uncle, Uncle David. Listen to Uncle David's story. Psalm 73 from verse 1. Let's read Psalm 73. Bring Psalm 73 very quickly. We want to handle negative thoughts. In this service, every negative thought that is preventing the flow of God in your life, we put them under captivity in the name of Jesus. Somebody asked David as a mentor. And look at David's own story. Psalm 73. What did he say? He said, truly God is God of Israel. <laughs> to such are pure in heart. So we're coming to pure. But as for me, my feet had almost what? So God is encouraging you, even though you are thinking negative. Your uncle David was in that position, so you're not alone. He said, my feet almost tumbled. My steps nearly slipped. Can we go fully? For I was envious of who? Your business partner that you are doing the same business. In your mind, you think he's prospering more than you. Your colleague in the office is doing well more than you. They are ganging up against you. Be honest with me. This is the truth here. Listen to the truth. They are just distractions. Your focus should be the capability of your God. Believe me. Believe me. They are just distractions. Someone told me and I read. He said the enemy of focus is what? Distraction. Job, for I was envious of the boastful. That's David now. When I saw what? The prosperity of the wicked. Can we go further? For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. Go for that. You will get to a point where you repented. They are not in trouble as other men. You think you are in trouble. You are not in trouble. It's your thoughts. Your thoughts should be brought under captivity. Second Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3. We'll come to that. Hold it somewhere. Hold it somewhere. Just hold it somewhere. They are not in trouble as other men, nor they played like other men. Let's go forward. 
Let's go, please, please. Move smarter. We need to be out of here now. Six. And the priest, the priest attended to their services. Are you following me? Are you following me here? Remember the opening scripture. Sheep that have the cloak of what? A sheep but have what? The undertone of a what? Of a wolf. It is not my place to begin to talk about sheep and wolf. It's not my place. My focus here is if everybody here can, can deal with negative thoughts, by default, heaven opens over you. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers their garments. Can we go further? Then? Their eyes bulge with abundance. They are more than their heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning the oppression. They speak loftily. Go further. They set their mouth against the heavens. These are very arrogant people. Because they have the results to show. And their tongue walks through the earth. Let's go further. Therefore, his people return here. And waters of full cup are drained by them. Go further. And they say, how does God know? And is their knowledge in the, in the most high? Go further. Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease and they increase in riches. Go further. Surely I have cleansed what? My heart. That is what God wants to tell someone here. Leave all these people. They are not your addict. Stop complaining and comparing. You know what the scripture says? He that compare themselves with themselves, they are what? They are not wise. And wash my hands in innocence. Go further. Go further quickly. For all day long, I have been plagued and chastened every morning. Go further. If I have said, I will speak thus. Behold, I will have been untrue to the generation of your children. Go further. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Verse 17. Until I went where? Then... Don't let them bamboozle you. I need to tell your neighbor, trust me, your story will not end in tragedy. Believe me, your story will end very well. Now, because their own end, we end where? In tragedy. Last, last, everybody will be very okay. Now, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. You remember the story of the job? When all those people died, Job was still alive. At what age? His children happened to be the most beautiful. Look, there is no waste of time with God, friends. Oh, don't let your heart be discouraged and despondent. Don't let despair hold you. The devil is a liar. You will see the hand of the wicked in your life. If you believe, you say a good amen. Ah, they are the one laughing now. You will have the last laugh. You will have the last laugh. I say you will have the last laugh. Negative thoughts. But the most important thought that we need is the faith-filled thoughts. The faith-filled thoughts. What is faith-filled thoughts? It's the thought that is loaded with the word of God. Ability to provide God's word for every circumstances. Now, honestly speaking, the word level you have is tantamount to the victory level you experience. Now, why do I know that? Ephesians 2.20 It says, God is willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
far above all you can ever ask. According to what? The power that is at work in you. What is the power? Acts 1.16. Romans 1.16. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. So the word of God. Remember the one in Hebrews 4.12. He said, the word of God is powerful. Shopper. So until there's an increase in word level, faith level is not on the increase. Now, our senior pastor trained all the pastors very well. Extremely rigorous. You have no idea. Some of us, you know, the ministers in the house can understand. This is a, 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 a master I have worked with. Very few with words. Very instructive with looks. You know what I'm talking about here? Very few with words. Very instructive with looks. So, and do you know what, it, do you know what that training does to you? Because sometimes in the noisy environment you live in like this world, God is speaking. After a while, Pastor Tefia made something profound. Remember that statement you made one of the Wednesday? He said, God speaks in silence. You know why? Because he expects you to look up to him. The more you look him, the more you get the message. Look, keep looking at him. Keep looking at him. And Peter was looked at him and he was walking on the water while looking at him. But the moment he heard, Bible said it start to sink. Don't sink. Take your look back. Look back. Look back at him. You will rise. Hey, I am saying it with all confidence. God has never gone to war and come back with his tails in between his legs. He said, I am the man of war. If God be for me, nobody can be against me. But keep your look on him. Faith filled thoughts. Let the weak say what? It's a faith filled thoughts. In all these things, I am more than a conqueror. It's the faith filled thoughts. What are you saying? Will be the expression of your thoughts. You can't fake it. If it's not faith, it's fake. Say it like you know it is God's word. Now I drop I drop the line quickly. Time is gone. How do you develop a faith filled thought? Psalm 1 from verse 1. He said, Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the ways of sinners, nor stand in the way of discomfort. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Then he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in what? In season. Whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. How do you develop? Avoid these corners. Number one, avoid corners in your company. You know what, what they call corners? Everything about God is impunity to them. Everything about God is a joke. Everything about God is, is, is ridiculous. Ah. <laughs> you know one of the things that annoys me about this comedian? They will never make a mockery of the other religion. When it comes to our own, they are the one that is making mockery. Hey, shabara, shabara, shabara. Shut up, you devil. There's no shabara, shabara here. Sconners, they are everywhere. Wrong counsel, they are everywhere. Avoid them. Even in church, they make mockery of everything. How do you develop a faithful thought, someone? Number two, how do you develop a faithful thought? James chapter 3, I read to you. You have to be deliberate about it. Shout the negative thoughts down. 
When I told you the story of the lady that the devil spoke to, and said the devil told the lady to go and commit suicide. And he even gave him the exact thing he should take to commit the suicide. He said, just drink that parazone. No, don't hypo. Take the hypo and put the target and drink it. Your situation is already immense. You can't get better again. And the lady listened to the voice, no doubt. And instantly, she shouted the voice down. Shut up, devil! And he walked away. Shut it down. Let them think you are mad. Shut it down. Believe me, God will come out triumphantly on your behalf. We might have to continue on Wednesday. The message is clear and profound. The message is succinct already. As you step out of that door, tell yourself, my heart is full of faith. My heart is full of faith. Every situation around you will bow to the word of God. The seed of your next action is your thought line. Bow your heads and let us pray. The book of Psalm 51. I need you to pray and say, Lord, cleanse my heart from every negative thought. You won't die young. Some people are thinking they will die young. It's a negative thought. They are thinking they will sack them at the office. It's a negative thought. You think you will not have a child. It's a negative thought. Don't entertain it. Tell the Lord this morning and say, Lord, cleanse my heart for me. Cleanse my heart. Deliver me from every negative spirit. Whispering evil. Your time is not gone. Don't let the devil lie to you. Say time is going. Shut up. God holds time. Tell the devil to shut up this morning. Tell that devil's voice to shut up this morning. You are getting there. You are making it. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And if you are not born again, you are in this house. It's a good time to give your life to Jesus Christ. And say, Jesus, I don't want to be evil again. I don't want to be evil again. I want to come to you so that you can change my story forever. If you are that person, you have a good chance. Buy your heart, buy your head, and tell Jesus to come into your life in a moment. Some of us gave our life to Christ over 16 years and there's been no regrets. However, give your heart to him today and your life will not be the same. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you because our heart is filled with faith already and everything concerning our life is already triumphant. Thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. If you have been blessed, can I hear a good amen? If you have been blessed, can I hear a good amen?